we're continuing in our series on the book of Proverbs. And uh, I, I know that we're in the book of Proverbs, but can I encourage you to have your Bibles open to 1 Corinthians? Whoa, little off. But yeah, let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter, let's go chapter 12. Just have your Bibles open to there. And let me say one more word about this Wednesday night. I know in the past when we've had a men's campfire night like this, we, we've in, encouraged you to sign up and sign up and sign up. We're not necessarily going to do sign-ups this round, um, but this Wednesday night, 7 o'clock, Pathway Woods, um, we're going to hear Brian Mitchell. If you've never met Brian, uh, I've heard a little bit of his testimony. He's got a powerful testimony. He's going to share that for a couple minutes. We're going to hear Brian's testimony. I understand BB gun wars. Uh, well, no, not wars. Um, but uh, BB gun competition is going to be renewed. If you remember the last time we did that, it was pretty fun, pretty amazing. Um, we're going to have worship. I'm going to share some proverbs uh, that would be applicable to us as guys and it's, it's going to last maybe about an hour, hour and a half. It's going to be fun time, great time. Guys, I know whatever's going to happen Wednesday, it's going to try to keep you from getting here at 7 o'clock on Wednesday night. Let's just fight through that. Push through that. Do whatever you have to do to get yourself here Wednesday night, 7 o'clock, Pathway Woods out here. It's going to be great. Good stuff. Proverbs. So the book of Proverbs is the anointed, inspired word of God. This is wisdom that God has given to us. And he said, listen, if you build your life on this wisdom, just know things are going to go pretty good for you. If you choose not to, well, that's good. But if you, if you build yourself on the wisdom that we're studying, we're reading about from the book of Proverbs, God says things are going th- to work out for you. Things are going to go good as a rule. So as we, as we look at that and as we think about that, I want to talk to you today about your mouth. Everybody say your mouth. Your mouth. Well, I want to talk to you about your mouth. Things that you let come out of your, your words, stuff that comes out of your mouth, your words, the things you say. This week I heard uh, Dr. Uh, uh, Pastor Tony Evans, he said, uh, you have dynamite in your dentures. <laughs> I don't have dentures yet, but, but someday I may, I don't know, I hope not. But listen, you got dynamite in your dentures, there's power in what comes out of your mouth. And Proverbs, all throughout Proverbs, there's all kinds of Proverbs in fact, it's one of the main topics as you study through the book of Proverbs is what are you allowed to come out of your mouth? We all know this, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So before it ever gets out of your mouth, it's in your heart. That's really where we need, we need to take a look at it. And that's what we're going to talk about today, though. It's really, what, what is, how can I use my words wisely? How can I use my words wisely? How can I use wisdom in what I say? Now, can I encourage you, grab the notes in the seat in front of you, behind you, under the notes underneath the seat, somewhere around there, there should be some notes. Grab those notes. I want to encourage you to follow along because our goal isn't just to be hearers of the word, but to be doers, right? It's to be doers. So anything we can do to help us uh, live out the word today, that's what we want to do. So the first thing I want to tell you is this. How can we use our words wisely? The first thing Proverbs wants to tell us is this. Use life-giving words. What can I do? How can I be better with my words? Let's speak things that are life-giving. Proverbs 10, 21. The lips of the righteous nourish many. They nourish many, but fools die for lack of judgment. The last time you spoke to someone, just think about it, this morning, yesterday, whatever. Um, Hopefully you talked to somebody this morning, at least on your way into church. Was it nourishing? Did you nourish them? Was it... 
let's keep going. Proverbs 18, 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Whoa. I mean, that's pretty heavy, isn't it? Death and life is in the tongue? Death and life is in what I say? I mean, do, do we get that? Do we understand that? Do we grasp that? The power of our words. And Proverbs says that when we <clears throat> open our lips and we speak, there ought, there ought to be nourishment that comes. You know what I want my words to be like? I want my words to be like a big old cup. I mean, I, I've never had one this big, but a big old cup of lemonade. I'm talking perfectly mixed here. I'm talking almost like, okay, Chick-fil-A lemonade. How's that, okay? Chick-fil-A lemonade, icy, on a hot day, Chick-fil-A lemonade, full of ice, ice cold, and just, I'm slurping it down. When I speak, I want that kind of a nerd. When someone hears Scott, not from the stage, but on a conversation, uh, talking with them outside of church or wherever it is, I want my words to nourish others. I want my words to bless others. Are you with me? That's what Proverbs is saying. The power of life and death is in, is in your mouth. I mean, think about that. The book of James in the New Testament gives a bunch of great illustrations. The one that I just want to pick on for a second is just the idea of a ship and its rudder. Or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Isn't that crazy? You got this huge battleship. You got this huge cruise ship. I mean, you look at it, it's like stacked on top of people. I mean, there's, how, do you, how do you even have a boat? How does this thing stay afloat? And what's, what's giving it direction? It's that little rudder. I shouldn't say little. But in comparison to the huge ship, that rudder is, that's exactly what it says our mouths are. Is it important what we say? Is it important or is it, eh, it's not that big of a deal. I mean, on the scale of things, what comes out of my mouth, what, what words I use, not that big of a, oh, it's a huge deal. It's a huge deal. Because the power of life and death are in the tongue, in the words we say. So as we think about this, how can we give life giving words to one another. In fact, can you help me with this one? How many finish this off where I stop? John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the... Let's, let's, let's talk Jesus' words here. I mean, let's speak what Jesus would speak in this situation. Let's be the one that, I, I wonder what Jesus would say about this. How would he speak? How would he handle this situation? What, what would he say in this situation? Life-giving words. Um, uh, if, if Proverbs were written uh, in the 1990s, 80s, it probably said, and thou shalt not be a Debbie Downer. <clears throat> I mean, you know what I'm saying? I mean, let, let's, there's plenty of negative. There's, I know I'm, again, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of sounding like a TV preacher here, but there's plenty of negative here. My name is Joel Osteen, and I'm telling you, friends, um, that's my best Joel Osteen right there. But it's not Joel Osteen that came up with it. it it's, not, it's not a television. This is truth. This is the word of God. Let what comes out of your mouth be life-giving. There's enough negativity. There's enough downers. There's enough, oh, they'll never do that. We'll never do that. You be the one that turns it around and says, but yeah, what if? What if God stepped in? What if God did something there? Listen, that's the life that God is, has for you and wants you to be living. Let the words that come out of your mouth be so full 
of, of, of life. And let me just say one more thing. Remember when we talked about the full armor of God? We talked about um, the belt or the girdle of peace, right? I mean, we talked about that. Um, excuse me, feet. No, that's, that, uh, I got the wrong piece. I got the wrong girdle. The, the feet, 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 feet. It's the feet that have the peace with them. Can I just, just want to remind you that sometimes the most peace-filled thing you could do is, is to confront someone in love. I mean, you want to talk about life-giving. Is it life-giving when you see a brother or sister in the Lord falling away into sin, doing something that they know is sin, you know is sin? Is it life-giving if we just sit there and just not say a word to them? Or isn't it life-giving to confront in love and say, listen, I love you enough to use my words to confront you. I don't care if you don't like me or not, but all I know is this, is that you know and I know the word of God doesn't line up with the way you're living right now, sister or brother. I'm just, I love you enough to confront, and I hope if I'm ever in that situation, you do the same thing for me. Do you understand what I'm saying? Sometimes we think uh, Jesus would never confront, oh no, Jesus confronted people all the time. Think about the woman at the well. Think about when he turned over the tables. I mean, all kinds of opportunities, and we might look at that and say, well, that wasn't very peaceful. Well, Jesus, that wasn't very Christ-like. I remember that time when someone confronted, oh, I've been confronted many times. That's not very Christ-like. That's not very Christ-like. Well, no, what you're saying is you don't like the decision I made or the, the thing that I said or whatever. And, and because the truth of the matter is it's very Christ-like to confront one another in love and, and say things that are life-giving. If this person's going a direction that's going to draw them away from Christ, draw them away from their faith, then one of the most life-giving words you could share with them his, here's truth in love. Okay, let's keep moving. We gotta get through this. We have some pizza and other items to eat. Come on. And ice cream. All right, uh, second thing here. Let's use healing words. Let's use healing words. Proverbs 12, verse 18, look with me. Reckless words pierce like a sword, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Proverbs 15, 4. The tongue that brings healing is a tree of life. What a deceitful tongue crushes the spirit. Proverbs 16, 24. Pleasant words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul, and healing to the bones. What does this look like? To speak healing words? You and I both know there's brokenness in every person. In every one of us, there's brokenness, there's hurt, there's pain. But what if, what if we just ask the Lord, just, Lord, just give me, the, give me a word just to bring healing in this situation. What if we spoke words of healing? Do you know that's the power? The power of life and death are in the tongue. Isn't that something that you could speak a very word that might just bring healing to a relationship, healing to a friendship, healing to a marriage, healing to a situation maybe that you didn't even realize was happening? The word of God here is pointing out that our words of wisdom, our wise words can bring healing. And can I encourage you, make sure you speak it out. When, when, when you feel something inside, man, I just need to speak this. I need to say this to them. I need to encourage them. You know, if it's a thought and it just stays there, how much good does that do to that other person? I'm just talking practical here. How many times have you thought something about someone or whatever? I need to remember to say that to them. I need to remember to, that's one of the things, uh, if you want to redeem text messages, sometimes text messages are the worst way to communicate, right? But if you want to redeem them, and just use text messages. Hey, 
I just want to thank you so much. Man, I thought you did a great job. Just text somebody. Bless them. Let's let the Lord bring healing words out of our mouths to bless other people. Isn't it something that the Lord could use a small little phrase that you or I might say to someone to bring healing to wounds that appeared years ago, months ago? You know, I, I know there's been times when, when people have said words to me that have, I'm just like, man, what happens in, in relationships? Listen, a church ought to be in relationship. And there's always going to be this tension because we're going to think, well, we're a church. We ought to get along perfect. We ought to never have any issues. No, listen, we're going to have issues. Anywhere there's people, there's always going to be issues. Go all the way back to the Old Testament and you see it. Anywhere there's people, there's going to be issues. The question is, are we willing to deal with those issues? Are we willing to sit down and just out of love, just say, okay, let's talk through this if we need to. Let's get over it if we need to. But I know there have been times when I, I the, because the devil will make us feel, is this not true? The devil will make us feel like that person hates our guts. Oh, I can't believe that. I, and you're thinking in your mind, I don't know what I did, but that person hates my guts and blah, blah. And the truth of the matter is that one day they had a bad day and they, they didn't say hi to you or whatever. And ever since then, the devil's just blowing it out of proportion, whatever. And that one day they'll come and they'll speak something, they'll say something and say, man, you did, it's so great to see you, blah, blah. And you're like, all of a sudden, Ooh, it's like a healing word. It's like all of a sudden that relationship's good. All of a sudden it's like everything that I thought was happening in that relationship, it wasn't happening at all because the enemy was fooling me. into thinking, Have you ever experienced that? Let's be very aware of that and think about how in a relationship, whether it's your spouse, whether it's your friend, here's the deal. When you humble yourself and you go to your spouse or you go to that friend and you say, hey, listen, I know there's an... There's something, I know that we fought about this, we had that, but I just want you to know, I'm sorry for my part. I'm sorry that this happened. And you repent, you ask their forgiveness, whatever. You know what, most of the time, not every time, but most of the time what what will happen is you'll see that other person say, hey, listen, you aren't the only one that's at fault. I'm I'm sorry too. And what happens is you pour like a cup of uh, Holy Spirit healing on that relationship. Do you know, your words, but if you just hold on to those words and you don't speak them, and they're not going to do a whole lot of good. But if you speak those words of healing, watch as the Lord begins to use you. Let's keep moving. How can we use words wisely? That's what we're talking about today. How about this? Use thoughtful words. Thoughtful words. Now, when I say the, the word thoughtful, you're like, oh, that was so thoughtful. I can't believe, oh, I'm so glad he said that. that was no, I'm talking about put some thought into your words. Think before. Look on the screen here. He who guards his lips guards his life, but he who speaks rashly without any forethought, just blabbing, just bleh, he who barfs his words out, speaks rashly, is going to come to ruin. Is that not true? Do you know somebody who just needs to like zip it and throw away the key? We'll talk about that in a second. But it's like they just, without any thought, they just zoom. I mean, it's, 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 it's like a uh, I, I shouldn't, I can't share that. But it, it, it's, it's like, I was thinking about a time, let me just say this. I was a kid, and there was a situation, and I think I completely embarrassed my parents, but I was so young, you know, and I was just like, hey, why is, what's the matter with that guy? You know, it's that type of a thing. It's like, when you're a parent, and you're just like, oh, I hope my, 
my kids didn't just see it. It's not that it was bad. It's just like, I know they're going to say something. They shouldn't say something. And then all of a sudden your kid blurbs something out. And it's like, oh, of all the things you could have said, why? And I hope they didn't hear you. I, I'm just going to let you read between the lines. But I remember that as a kid. I remember there's a situation when I was a little kid. The problem is there's some adults that need to learn to zip it. There are some adults who need, before you let it out of your mouth, stop it and think. Use some thought. Don't just speak rashly. Think before you speak. Now, I'm going to confront something here because I think all of us at times have struggled with this. And, and here's the deal. I'm guessing 75% of us have never, not, not even noticed it in our lives. And some of you, even as I, as I begin to say what I'm getting ready to say, you're going to say, nah, I'm not so sure I've ever struggled with that. But what, I want you to think, think about this. What's the difference between flattery and a genuine, thoughtful word of encouragement? What's the difference between flattery and encouragement? Because the Proverbs scripture is very clear on flattery. In fact, let's read a couple of those. Proverbs 26, 28. A lying tongue hates its victims and flattering words cause ruin. Proverbs 29.5, whoever flatters his neighbor is spreading a net for his feet. Now, I don't know how many nets you've created to capture animals or whatever in your life, um, but as, as I look at that, I just think, boy, that's pretty descriptive, uh, spreading a net for his feet. Have you ever processed the thought? I'm sure many of you haven't, but this week as I was preparing this message, I just thought, you know, sometimes I think even as believers in our desire to bless someone, in our desire to speak a blessing or whatever over someone, I wonder if sometimes, I don't just wonder, I know that there's a struggle. What's the difference between flattering someone, because scripture's pretty clear about where flattering's gonna get us, and a, and a genuine word of encouragement. What's the difference there? Well, I don't have an exhaustive list, but I toss out a couple of ideas here. I want you to think through this. First thing is this, is your motivation. What's your motivation for sharing this word of encouragement or whatever it is? Again, question is, is this flattery or is this just like a genuine, thoughtful word of encouragement? What is this? Flattery often has an ulterior motive, something for me. I want you to like me. So you and I are going to say, man, that looks really good. You did a great job. You did this. You did this. You did this. And what am I doing? I'm flattering you. <laughs> I know that even as I share these next few things, you might even go over the next few hours and weeks and just like, I don't even, I'm not even going to say anything because if it's flattery, I don't want to do it. I just want to make sure this is encouragement, so I'm just going to not say anything. I'm not saying that, but let's just be, be aware. When, when we share a compliment or whatever, are we, is it genuine? Are we really thinking, thoughtfully thinking this through before we say it? Or are we trying to butter someone up? I ran into someone this weekend. Middlebury Summer Festival. <laughs> Woohoo! And they came up. And almost every time I talk to this person, I, I just sense it. I sense it on them. They say all these nice things to me. But you know what I'm discerning? Man, this is flattery. They don't, I, down deep in their heart, I, I, this isn't negativity. This is just Holy Spirit discernment. Because every time I run into this person, they're always, often they'll go back to the same thing. they just throwing it out there, just flattery, flattery, flattery. And, you know, Where's the, oh yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna jump to uh, Proverbs 28, 23. Can you jump to that? Look at this, look at this. Right there. 
Is it in there? Is it not in there? If it's not in there, I'll read it to you. Here it is. In the end, people appreciate honest criticism far more than flattery. In the end, people, people appreciate honest criticism, criticism far more than flattery. Do you know in the end, at, at not so much at the beginning, I mean, when someone first shares something with us, we're like, oh, that was so kind of them, so nice of them to say that, you know, right? We're like, uh, but the honest truth is, in the end, people appreciate honest far more than flattery, which takes us to the second thought is truthfulness. Is this not just, what's your motivation behind it? What's their motivation behind it? It's, it's, is this really truthful? Am I being honest with this? Maybe not at first we don't like it, I don't like it when someone uh, confronts. I remember one time, uh, I, was, I was thinking all the way back to high school. And I was thinking about the time when um, I, I got my commencement speech all put together. And I thought I was waxing eloquent. I mean, I, I, I spoke at my high school graduations. But, but I remember I, I had my, and, and a couple of the steps was we had to submit that speech to a couple of the teachers and whatever. And, you know, here I was, seniors, the end of the, uh, my, my high school career, and, and, and uh, um, uh, there was a lot of things coming at me that were causing me to, um, to make sure I stayed humble. I'll just say it that way, you know, I just, just like, yeah. And I was expecting just to, and I had one teacher, uh, I'm just name her name because I appreciate it, Ellen Augustine, some of you know Augie at the high school, but she, I gave my speech to her. She probably doesn't even remember this, but she looked it over and she read marked it and she sat me down and she laid this and this and this and this and this and she started saying and you know at first I was mad at her I didn't I was like who are you I'm the commencement they didn't ask you to speak at commencement did they they asked me you know me and I can tell you to this day I'm so glad she said at first I didn't like it but I can tell you, as time went on, I was so glad she was truthful with me and that she didn't just do what everyone else, oh, that's a great speech. Everyone else I gave it to was like, oh, that's a great job, good job. Uh, oh, not Augie. She's and it changed it, and I think it changed it for the better. I'll forever be grateful to her. But here's the thing. Are you open to that? And are you open to being that person? Not just flattering people and just making them feel good, but but being truthful and honest with them. Let's keep moving. The last thing is, what's the end product you're going for? If you're gonna open your mouth, the goal is that these are thought-filled words. These are words that you've thought out. What's the end product? Because flattery typically builds pride. Pride is flattery's middle name. Encouragement, thoughtful encouragement, builds strength in the Lord. Let me talk to every parent in this place. Let me talk to anyone who works with kids. Can I encourage you? Encourage them in the Lord. Encourage them that their strength is not in them. Not so much that there's a hero who lives inside of me. Not so much that. But that there's a savior, there's a risen savior who lives inside of you, who's alive, he's well. And that same resurrection power is available to you today to live daily out of that strength, daily out of that power. You point your kids not to how great thou, are, thou art, but how great he is, how awesome he is. You get what I'm saying? Now I know for some of you this is a challenge because we wanna encourage, we wanna bless our kids. 
Bless them, encourage them, use thoughtful words, but point them to the power of Christ within them. It's Christ who gives me strength to live this out. You can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. You get what I'm saying? Teach your kids, even in the way the words come out of your mouth. You bless them, you encourage them, you give them thought-filled words that you've thought through, but when you bless them, don't just bless them in a world. The world says, oh yeah, you know, I believe I can fly. I believe I can touch the sky. Well, the fact of the matter is you can't. Um, when the rapture happens, we'll fly. But the, after that and before that, I don't know what it's going to look like. But he, here's, here's what I want you to know. With Jesus inside of you, that's your hope. That's your strength. Let's teach our kids even in the way. I, I see this in the Apostle Paul. Let me just say this real quick, and I'm going to move on, I promise. But 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 3. Do we have that on there? We continually, This is the Apostle Paul talking to the church of Thessalonica. Look how he does this. We continually remember before our God and Father, your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love. He's blessing them. His words are he's speaking thought-filled words of blessing produced by faith, your labor prompted prompted by love. Your endurance is inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. The hope is not in how smart you are. The hope is not in that you finished high school or you finished college or you finished this training or whatever. The hope is in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so you become a model to all believers in Macedonia and Achaia. The Lord's message rang out from you, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, your faith in God has become known everywhere. Your faith in God. It was the Lord's strength. Parents, hear me. Those of you who work with children, listen to me. We may need to change some of our, our verbiage in order to line it up with the wisdom of Scripture. Let's submit this to the Lord and say, God, help me to build a confidence in Jesus Christ, not a confidence in self, in my kids. Can I use words wisely? Yes, we can. Let's use thought-filled words, and now let's keep moving on. Use timely words. Timely words. Proverbs 15, 23. A man finds joy in giving an apt reply. And how good is a timely word? Probably the easiest way to explain this is anytime you've had a hmm, not so timely word. <laughs> Have you ever experienced that? I think of the story about people that were out in a boat. And they're floating along and all of a sudden... Something happens, the boat starts to sink. And everybody, not thinking, they're just like, abandon ship. And so they all jump in the water and they're treading water. No life preservers. No, they're just trying to stay afloat, whatever. And another boat comes along and they see the situation. They're floating along next to them. They see the, the boat is sinking and uh, five or six people just treading water. And, and someone leans over the boat that's there that they're, and says, hey, you know, it's too bad you guys don't have any life preservers. And what do you think when you hear that? It's like, um, thank you, Captain Obvious. How helpful and how timely is that word? Not so much, right? Not so much. Now, is it a wise word? Oh, sure, yeah. I mean, especially before you jumped off the boat, you probably should have put some, maybe like one of those round floaty things, anything, just something you're going to float on uh, that would have been wise, but they didn't. And so for that person to stand there and say, of all the things they could have said, it's, it's wisdom, you should have worn a life preserver, but is it the most timely? And so that's what I would just submit to you. Again, my goal is not for you to 
be nervous. I'm never going to talk again. <laughs> I'm not going to talk to anybody because Pastor Scott says it has to be timely. And I don't know. I, oh, I'm stressing out. Is this timely? Is this not timely? No, 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 no. Let's just be, let's be led of the Holy Spirit. Think, think, think of it this way. Do you know that every, um, every believer, the moment you got saved, you received the fruit of the Holy Spirit? What does that mean? That means that the fruit of the Holy Spirit through Jesus Christ is in you. You have love, all the love you need, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control, all these, the fruit of the Holy Spirit, you have them, they're in you. And what we need to do is say, Jesus, help me to live this out. Help me, and so because of the fruit of the Holy Spirit's in you, you ought to be kind. There ought to just be a natural reaction for all believers that I'm, my go-to is kindness. Now, there might be times when, when you need to stretch things a little bit, but I'm, uh, out of my, I'm just gonna live out of the love of Jesus. I'm gonna be kind. All of us should be like that, right? But can I just toss something out to you because I know many of you are like, why did you tell me to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 12? Well, it, let me tell you why. It's because there's that natural, I'm a believer in Jesus Christ, I have kindness, my words ought to be touched by kindness and, and self-control and all those things. But then there's also, there's this Holy Spirit thing. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, do you know that there's, there is a word of knowledge, a message of knowledge? That there might be times when the Holy Spirit is going to give you a word to say that isn't just something that all of us, but is a specific word for a specific situation in your life or someone else's life. Do you know in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, it says that there is a word or a message of wisdom. Like all of us, we can seek the Lord, ask for wisdom, but there are times when the Holy Spirit is going to give you wisdom beyond something that you studied, something that someone told you already, but all of a sudden you're just gonna know knowledge or you're gonna have wisdom about a person, about a situation that you had no way of knowing but the Holy Spirit knew and brought you in on it and he brought you in on it for a purpose and for a plan so that you could speak it out in a timely way. Are you even open? Think about this. In fact, in, in scripture it says, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 31. Look at that, verse 31 but eagerly desire the greater gifts. We're to eagerly desire these gifts. Jump over to chapter 14, verse 1. Chapter 14, verse 1. Look what it says. 1 Corinthians 14, 1. Follow the way of love and eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially the gift of prophecy. Let me ask you something. When's the last time you prophesied over someone? Oh, I, that dear Saint, um, uh, you know, Harold, or that dear Saint uh, um, Ruby, or wh whoever it is. I mean, that those, when it comes to prophetic speaking gifts, that's not so much my gifting. I don't think I'm talented. I don't think I'm, let me just say something real quick. I think there are natural giftings. There's some of you, you have natural leadership gifts. Like the moment you came out of your mom's womb, you had a leadership gift. Now, I think you can grow in that and get better in that. I think anyone can, but there are some of you just, some of you administratively. Like when you had toys, every toy had a place and every place had a toy. <laughs> I mean, even when you were little, an administrative gift was showing itself. It was just a natural gifting that God gave you. I think there are many of you, I think every one of us, God has given us gifts like that, just natural giftings, and it's awesome. And we ought to understand that and come into that. How exciting is that? That God would gift us with different things. 
let me just tell you something I think is different about 1 Corinthians chapter 12. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, all those nine gifts listed there, I believe in studying this over and over and over and over again, these are all, all nine of these listed are for all of us. They're for every one of us. It's not so much that, well, I have this gift of prophecy or I have this gift of word of knowledge. I have no, I believe for every one of us, these nine spiritual gifts are available to us through the Holy Spirit. The Bible says the Holy Spirit decides who is going to get these nine gifts. And I believe that there's going to be times in your life when you're going to need a word of wisdom right here, right now, and the Holy Spirit's going to come on you and give you a word of wisdom. And I believe there are times when he's going to give you a word of knowledge about a situation. This isn't something you studied. This isn't something you processed. This, all of a sudden, you just have knowledge about someone or something, and, and God's giving you some biblical uh, uh, thought or some idea that you're to share with someone or maybe even for your own life. And he's going to give you a word of knowledge. And then he's going to speak to you prophetically. In fact, when we think about prophecy, let me just tell you, if first, uh, 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1 says, especially the gift of prophecy ought to come out of our mouths. Especially that, we ought to speak that. What is that gift of prophecy? Let me tell you, it's a special gift that enables a believer to bring a word or a revelation from God under the leading of the Holy Spirit. It could be something that that person's already been processing and we just confirm it with our word, or it could offer strengthening, encouragement, comfort, warning, or conviction. You can read about it in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 3 and 24 to 25, what exactly these should be. But this is what it is. The Apostle Paul says, all of us, especially we should prophesy. Let me encourage you with something. When's the last time you prophesied over your kids? When's the last time you prophesied over your children, your spouse, people that you don't even know? See, what, what, what has happened in the charismatic Pentecostal church like ours is sometimes we relegate these kind of, that's kind of out there. It's kind of for the most spiritual among us. When I can tell you, when you come to know the Holy Spirit in such a way that he baptizes you, he fills you, look out. Because God wants to use you in these gifts on a regular basis. This can be an everyday event where you're right in the middle of praying over your children and they may not even know it, but you're speaking things over them. You're prophesying. You're calling things out of them. They don't even realize it, but the Holy Spirit's using you to call things out of them. How awesome is that? How can we use our words with wisdom? How can we use wisdom and use a timely word? Be open to the moving of the Holy Spirit at a certain time, a certain point, to draw us and to speak life into their lives. We got to move on. Timely word. Final one is this. You ready for this? Use less words. The King James says, shutteth upeth. <laughs> well, maybe not so. But um, uh, Proverbs 21, 23, look at that. Watch your tongue and keep your mouth shut and you'll stay out of trouble. Proverbs 17, 28, even fools are thought wise when they keep silent. With their mouths shut, they seem intelligent. Ha, isn't that funny? I mean, it, but it's true. 
Proverbs 10, 19, too much talk leads to sin. Be sensible and keep your mouth shut. Zip the lip, throw away the key, lock it. Mm. Uh, do I have to say a whole lot more about this? Let me just talk for just a little bit. Just, uh, what, what, what wisdom is, is that let's talk just a little bit less. Let's, let's be a little less quick. In fact, James says it this way. James says, chapter 1, verse 19, understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. You, you must be all be quick to what? To listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Remember what your grandma told you? You got two ears and only one mouth, so use your ears more. Be, be slow to speak. And, and sometimes, especially when you're used to being up in front of people and speaking all the time, it's hard for a guy like, you get a group of pastors together, and it's going to be a while. I mean, uh, it's just, you, you, get, you start talking and talking and talking because we're used to this. But the truth of the matter is the best thing we could do is just to zip it and just listen. For some of you, you've, you, you struggle with this, and, and we love you enough to tell you. <laughs> zip it! Particularly when it comes to slander, when it comes to gossip. You know, I know that they're like a choice morsel. Proverbs says it. When you got a, a piece of information that nobody else knows, it's like, ooh, I got this. Uh, you want to know this? I'm going to tell you this. And you feel there's something empowering about having that piece of information and that you could share it with. What the, the best thing for you to do is just zip it. Just keep it to yourself. Don't be in such a hurry to, to blab what you're feeling and what your thoughts are. Be it on social media. I mean, uh, just, you just flip through social media and, and you can just see everyone. I mean, it's, it's like, kind of like what they, the, so Facebook pretty much asked you, how you feeling today? What do you feel? What do you thought? I'll tell you how I'm feeling. I'm a little hacked off because this and this and this. And I didn't have power for two days and then bought a generator. Thanks a lot, Nipsco. And I mean, you know, you, <clears throat> there's all kinds of, you know, sometimes the best thing is just don't even say it. Just zip it. Just, I mean, I know you felt it. I felt it this week. If you're um, getting ready in the dark, and it, it's tough to get this all prepared and ready in the dark, but I got there. I live in town, so I had water. I didn't realize it, but I used up all the hot water, so I felt bad for my wife for a little bit. But, um, uh, but sometimes the, the less words we use, the better. And let's think on that. Think on that. Keep your mouth shut. Now, let's just think through this, everything we talked about this morning, and then we're going to pray, we're going to be done. But if you've still got your notes out, I want you to look at it. Um, we talked about using life-giving words. Life-giving. Remember, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. How would Jesus handle, what would he say? How would he respond to this? Life-giving words. Use healing words. Isn't it something? The power of life and death is in the tongue. Whoo, man, that's power. So when you speak over someone, you speak to someone, is there life coming or is there death coming? Healing words, thoughtful words. Take time to think through. Before I speak, before it ever comes out of this mouth, uh, is, have I thought this through? And listen, I'm, I'm preaching to myself here, all right? There's none of us that are exempt on this one. We, let's think before we talk. Timely words. Do we need to make, and maybe this goes with the last one, use less words, but 
maybe sometimes the best thing isn't to, to, to just go off on the situation, which is this gonna help the situation? Maybe it needs to be said, but maybe right now is not the right time. Let's be, let's be in tune with the Holy Spirit. And let's be in tune with the Holy Spirit to where we're not just living out of the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Every day, fruit, we have the Holy Spirit's inside of us when we get saved. And so therefore, the fruit of the Holy Spirit's there. All of us should have a desire to be kind and gentle. And I mean, all of us should, that should be our go-to, all right. But that there's also this wild and crazy Holy Spirit inside of us. I just said that. There's this wild, and, and I've been baptized, according to the book of Acts. I've prayed, I've sought the Lord, I've sought, and he baptized me in his Holy Spirit. I am filled with the Holy Spirit. And so because of that, the Holy Spirit will use me in words of knowledge, in words of wisdom, in uh, prophetic, in tongues, in interpretation, in gifts of miraculous powers, in gifts of healing. The, the Holy Spirit will choose to use me in those because I am so full of the I'm not bragging on myself. I'm bragging on God. We ought to live with that kind of expectancy. That they're, they're, the Holy Spirit is going to use us in a timely fashion at the right time. It's going to lay it on our heart. Listen, this week, I believe God's going to work in you. God's going to test you even in a sense. And I mean that in this sense. He's going to lay something on your heart that's from him. And your first reaction is, no way. <laughs> I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to do that. Now listen, if it lines up with the Word of God, if it, jives with, if it doesn't jive with the Word of God, and it's not something that, then that's not from God. We can know that right away. But if the Holy Spirit lays something on your heart, this is what you do. You pray. You say, is it a word of knowledge? Is it a word of wisdom? Is it a prophet? I don't know. Not necessarily important, but this is what you do. You pray it right back. Say, Lord, okay, if you want me to share it with that person or with someone, that you show me who that is, and I'm going to trust that you're going to show me. And then he lays someone on your heart. You keep praying, because <laughs> Lord, when do you want me to share that? Do you want me to share it right now, whatever? But you be led of the Holy Spirit, a timely word. Let the Holy Spirit speak through you. And the last thing is, shutteth upeth. Use less words. Use less words. Let me, if, if all we do is talk about this, and we're like, oh, that's a good word from Proverbs, it's a waste of time. We, we should have just jumped right into eating food, and we got some jumping things for the kids, and it's gonna be great. If, but we're not here just to be hearers. We're here to be doers of the word, right? We're, we're devoting, we're all in. We're devoting ourselves to the apostles' doctrine, to the teaching, to the word of God. We're devoted to this. And if we're devoted to this, then there better be something that changes in my life this week. Amen? What needs to change in your life this week? What needs to change in the way, the word you speak and the things you say in this list that is in your notes, what needs to change? What do you need to focus on this week? And pray, maybe one or two of these that you need to pull out. And if you just change one or two of these, wow, what would God do in your life? Worship team, would you come? Would everyone, would you stand, close your eyes? Let's, let's pray.